0: This is Lynn from Pickleball Fire. Today I'm interviewing Vaughn Baker. Vaughn has an interesting history both as a tennis and pickleball player. He played Division I college tennis and later joined Wilson Sporting Goods, where he worked with well-known players like Chris Evert, Billie Jean King, and Jimmy Connors. During the interview, Vaughn even shares a story about Chris Evert and her footwork. Today, Vaughn has just returned to the court after some injuries, and when he's not teaching or playing pickleball, He writes a Pickleball column for the Coastal Point newspaper in Delaware. Now let's get to the intro. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast. Today on the show, I have Von Baker. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. uh, I feel honored.
0: I'm glad to have you today on the show. And first, I just wanted to ask you, how did you get introduced to Pickleball?
1: Five years ago, I saw something in the, uh, in the newspaper. Uh, a fellow who's become a very dear friend was putting on a clinic, and I went out to the clinic. I caught on to, to it very quickly, and I came back here to our community and started introducing people to it. And in those days, we were I'd go out and sweep the courts and then line them with chalk, so my back was killing me we got the community together and we uh, painted three courts on three tennis courts and then when they got resurfaced we painted six on them and somewhere along the line early on I went to uh, track down the sports reporter of the area newspaper and brought him over to play and got him playing. And, um, and then he asked me to start writing a pickleball column, you know, for this. And using my background, I was able, I think I was able to keep it, keep us all heading in the same, same direction and, you know, breaking up these little pockets that would form. And that was three and a half, four years ago. I'm not quite sure how, how long ago it was that I started writing that. And then I went through uh, three and a half years of surgery, two knees and a hip and Achilles. And so I had to watch, but my house is right across from uh, the pickleball court. So some days when I was feeling bad about that, I'd get my binoculars and watch you guys. And I would send them a text and say, listen, watch that forehand. Yeah, I've always, I taught everybody. And so I'm trying to take their games up. And I would, so the joke was that Devon the, the send you a text message uh, after he saw you on his binoculars.
0: That's a great story. And that's actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about is I had, first come across you on a website i guess it was coastal point and you were writing an article about balance yes can you go ahead and describe what that means
1: we're talking about the same one the title was balance 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 and also balance is that the one think so so many people when i they hit pickleballs hit it off balance i would say 90 95% of the people and then some people are getting bad elbows bad arms and so much of that could be corrected with good balance. So you, you racquetball, you you understand every time you hit the ball, you if you're gonna have any power or control, you ne- need to be on balance. That's that's you know, both feet, that type of thing. So ever since COVID, I've been worried about people coming out of COVID playing pickleball, being 20 pounds heavier, remembering how they thought they played and overdoing it. So I've really been harping on balance, and that so the reason for so many balances is balanced diet. Yeah, I did did one on balanced diet. I did racket uh, paddle balance. That that's why so many. And this last one was just about your balance. And then for me in this that particular article, uh, when I came out of surgery, got into a tournament, and twenty minutes into it, Achilles went, and it's because I was. my muscles and my legs were out of balance. and I went to a trainer and he got worked on my ankles and my my legs to help me get physical balance. so that's that was the that was the fifth one. And I just was worried a lot of people were like me. My eyes are still fast. my body slowed down. so I, that initial move is very um, is very fast and it was straining it was straining my ankles and that's what happened to my achilles.
0: I think in that article, too, you had a Nice story about Jimmy Everett. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead uh, and expand on that one.
1: I was at Wilson. My, one, my job was like a scout and signing contracts with the players. And I was down at we also were developing a Chris Everett autogra- autograph. Maybe you've, you've seen that if you've played any tennis. And uh, I was sitting w- with Jimmy and we were watching Chris. Uh, he says to me something like, look at Chris. She can't run. I went. Uh, how much am I supposed to take off the contract for that, Jimmy? We we had a good relationship, so he he knew I wasn't serious, and he said you should not take anything off because Chris has got great anticipation, and she's always there. And then when she hits, she's on balance. When she lost uh, to Billie Jean Wimbledon uh, finals, if you watch that match, or we didn't have cell phones in those days. And Chris afterwards went to a payphone and television's panning her and she talked to her dad. So the next week uh, we had her in at Wilson at a a meeting and I'm having dinner with, with her and um, our president. And the president asked her, uh, gee, Chris, we saw you running over um, and talking to your dad. What did he say? Which I thought was a great question. And she, she thought a bit and reflected and went, um he said I wasn't bending my knees and I was back on my heels. I said, Chris, tell tell me what some kind of secret potion or something. Oh no, you know, it's always the basics. It's always the basics that you played racquetball, it's in any of the court sports. It's always um balance, being in position, uh, anticipation. That was the story because even as much as I had been around, I was expecting to hear more than you know, bend your knees and don't rock back on your heels. And she got and she worked out of it. Her second set, I think, it was the scores were like one and four. So she's she started coming back in the second set, but uh, it was just too late. You know, Billy. Billy Jean was such a great athlete. So Chris was expected to win. Billy Jean was uh, could never count her out.
0: No doubt. I know you do a lot of instruction for pickleball. How do you teach pickleball players to hit balance shots?
1: Just yesterday, I, I was. Working out with a fellow who was in the Hall of Fame of Squash. And uh, so you'd, you'd be interested in, in him. And he goes, Listen, I want to pick an argument, but article about balance, um, a lot of times I have to hit the ball, you know, when my, my feet together and I turn my waist. I said, well, I said that in the article. I said, but my article, I really was to the 95% who were wrong footing the ball. In other words, here comes the ball. They don't move at all. They're, say a right-hander takes the right foot and steps into the ball and they're really off balance. Even if they get it back, they can't uh, recover. So it is really hard in its age group. You know, you can show them little micro steps, how you can stay in balance. And I'm sure you follow from racquetball, the micro steps. Again, it's hard for people to even see it in in a clinic. So I just keep harping after I've written about it. And then I see him, I'll just say, hey, wrong footing the ball, wrong footing the ball. And gradually they'll come around. And again, when you wrong foot the ball and you're off balance, you're adding torque to to your shoulder, your elbow. I'm very sensitive since... I spent three and a half years sitting on the sideline coaching people. I am very sensitive to people having injuries. So I'm, I'm sure uh, some of my readers get upset reading about it all the time. But, you know, it's the basics of what we do. Footwork, 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 and hit the ball. It's not an easy sell uh, balance. They, now, if they played like you've played or a soccer player or a baseball player, I'll say, listen, I played baseball you know, here comes the ball, What you know, your shortstop, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to, it's the same thing. You bend your knees, you get down. Uh, if they've played soccer, I'll relate to them. That. If they go off, I'll try to relate to balance to them through that. And I used to always do the baseball thing with men. And then one day a guy went, oh, I never played baseball. And I went, oh, <laughs> that's, that's a new one for me. You know, you never played baseball. I can't relate to you we got a lot of people in the population that didn't play uh, baseball, but maybe they played soccer or they played racquetball. And then I just tried to find something that they can relate to.
0: Now, are you fit and healthy now and back playing pickleball? I'm working.
1: I mean, I'm 78. When I was 18, if I did as much as I'm doing and getting back, I'd be Charles Atlas. <laughs> but, but this old body is really slow to uh, respond. To that. But when that the Achilles popped, that that really threw uh, my hip out. It really became a problem. So I got it all fixed and uh, walking slowly, j- try jogging uh, two or three miles in the soft sand on the beach. That really builds up the legs. I'll do little shuffles, you know, just like I was going to the net. In fact, uh, this uh, before COVID, I was out there before they closed the beach. And I was out there doing that little stutter step, going down the beach. I was the only one there. It was cold and windy. Suddenly, heard a jeep pull up. And The guy goes, "Hey, fella, you okay?" <laughs> I started laughing so hard because I realized what I must have looked like this old this old fella out there on the beach. He must have thought I was <laughs> he. He had never seen that, and uh, I got I got I like to laugh, and I got such a. What he must have thought of me doing it, but I, yeah, you know, I just do all of the, those things and just keep building up because I know footwork is is king. No matter how good my shots might be, and I, I have a lot lost a lot of that. But my time, I'm still working on the timing. You, you're catching me like my my third or fourth week uh, coming back uh, playing, and so it's very disciplined. And, you know what, what I'm doing, and but that that takes you to. Um, you you just, if you can stop getting old, do it right now.
0: <laughs> that is the best advice I've heard yet.
1: <laughs> the truest.
0: <laughs> exactly. Now, I know a lot of people in the Pickleball Fire audience are beginners, and we talked about balance. But what else would you say to people who are starting out with Pickleball? What's your advice for them? My
1: biggest concern is, because I've done a lot of, I did a lot of the clinics in this area uh, you know, for 40 or 50 miles. When people get injured, it's normally going to be in that practice, that first first or second session. After that, there I've seen very few injuries. And I think what it is, our area of concentration of of muscle mass and weight has moved north. And they're used to it being around their thighs and it's more around their stomach. And then I'll see the ball go past them and they try to track it down. I there was a There was an ex-football player. I was really worried about him. And he just kept, man, he was going to get it. And he he got away from me and rolled down into the street. So that, you know, it's let it go. It's just, you're just learning how to do it. And some of them are so motivated to do it well. But I also think a lot of instructors might make the mistake of start teaching the third shot right away. And if your listeners don't know the third shot, it's they'll know the day they need it because their level of play. I get to a point where they're progressing, 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 and then they don't progress anymore. And that'll be because they don't have the weapons to hold off the very, you know the better players. I've never had anyone that didn't come back to pickleball, but I have seen people. An instructor had them out there teaching them a the third shot, teaching them third shot, and they went home and said, "Hey, that wasn't fun." I make it fun. I, I joke around. I hit serves behind my back. Just, I just, I clown around and make sure they're all laughing. And then I just start, you know, I just look at the mechanics. And, and a lot of times I'll, I'll get the younger, I'll get the younger pickleballers to each take a court on at large clinics. But I'm so surprised at how often they miss the uh, holding the paddle. So many people hold the paddle incorrectly. Now they're starting to learn. Now's the time to catch that and get, you know, get the bad habits and the paddle out of the way. And then the next step is to, to begin to hit the ball. And the only way you can hit the ball is be on balance. I might go out and have them hit at a target deep in the corner. They can't push the ball to that. They have to hit the ball. You know, a friend of mine was world champion and um, more than a friend, he was a second cousin. He was world champion in the, um, one of the martial arts. Don't teach people everything all at once. Just teach them what they need to know when they know it. And I thought that was, was a, you know, that was a brilliant statement. And he, had, that's part of the Oriental teaching in the in the martial arts. A lot of times, the instructor tries to throw everything at them. And I, I can have people. I think any instructor can have everyone playing uh, that very first session, and you really want to do that. So you don't want to complicate it. You want to come back and then begin to say, "Hey, listen, work on that uh, forehand return of serve. Start working on that volley, and just shot after shot, trying to." Some people don't want to don't want to learn, don't want to get better, and they'll write me at the paper and say, "Hey, we well, just want to have fun," and I said, "Okay." But I used to write uh, competition can be fun as well. And then I got, I stopped doing that. And I went, okay, so what are you going to do when all your friends get better and leave you? That seems to sink in. Well, yeah, the the natural course is we all want to get somewhat better. So we enjoy the game more. So people do need to pay attention, you know, to what their instructors are trying to tell them. Some do it better than others, but they should be listening, analyze everything that's uh, being given, you know, given to them. But I always if I catch them not laughing and smiling, I I give them demerits because that's that's what I want them to do first and foremost. That's the most important.
0: Absolutely. Let's have fun out there. So let me switch gears for a minute and ask you about your paddle. Which one do you use and why?
1: Uh, I'm using paddle tech. Remember, I was in the tennis business and created some of the paddles, I mean, rackets that some of your listeners probably played with. So I know a lot about them. I can take pretty much any paddle and play around with weight and balance and get it to do what I want. But Paddle Tech, paddle Tech managed to take away some of the vibration that I was feeling in my arm from God's playing all the time. And I wanted that that to stop. And with bad legs and problems, I had to hit off balance. And as a result of that, I was hurting my arm. I feel like Paddle Tech has delivered the most to me uh, of all the paddles. Seem to be a very responsible company. Anytime I need to, if I got a thought, uh, I can I can share it with their you know their CEO. My gosh, these CEOs—they must have been really having to work hard the last six or seven years. I mean, every year it's been doubled sales, doubled sales, and that. Knowing from running tennis companies, I know that is, it's really hard when you sit down and you're the only person to make decisions, say, yeah, we're going to make twice as many paddles this year as we made last year. And everybody on your staff looks at you like, are you crazy? Well, it's got to be a gutsy call. And um, my hat's off to the CEOs of all of the, at least the serious companies.
0: And you mentioned paddle tech. Do you use a number of different Models.
1: I've got all of the models and um, what happens, people come to me and they, uh, what are you using? Uh, I'll end up letting them use my paddle or I will. So I'm never playing with the paddle I want because I've always learned an amount. More when I'm talking to people, I I sense their problem or I sense uh, they need power or they, they really need control. So at least I want to get them in that that next paddle that's going to help their game and take them to a certain level. And by that time, they're going to want to trade up to a a performance paddle. Uh, But most people, early five years ago, most people were buying the wooden one. That didn't work. They went out and hit two balls with it. Well, that's crazy. And then they would buy um, some special, you know, online. And maybe they even get two or three of them. Well, there's a reason for that because they weren't any good. And then you know, thunk, thunk, thunk. Then so they're already in, gosh, they they might be in 125, 140, 150 before they really get serious about a paddle. And they could have gotten a darn good paddle for 70, 80 dollars. So I'm just I just try to steer them that way and but not so strongly that. They think I'm just trying to make a sale. I, I just I really uh, sell paddles just as convenience for people and better players because I can weight and balance them. So when they take a paddle out of their bag, uh, you know how the handles get so wet in competition. They can take any paddle out and it's going to have the same swing weight as every other paddle they had. That that's where I am and and paddle tech tends to have less variation. I weigh and balance every paddle that comes in here, and they seem to have less variation in their in their paddles.
0: Well, great, Vaughn. I appreciate your time, and you had some really great information around balance and paddles. So, I just wanted to thank you again for being a part of the show.
1: Oh, thank you for um, thinking to uh, contact me. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. I hope you liked today's show. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to hear new episodes.